The Money Show. Small business. With Pavlo Fatidis, the founder and uh, chief cook and bottle washer at Auric Business Accelerator. Time in your business, time on your business, how much you spend, where you spend it. How does that help you become a fortune teller about the future, Pavlo? You know, the way you spend your time forecasts your future. Your future is determined by what you did today and what you'll be doing tomorrow. And, you know, Bruce, probably the best way to think about this is if you think about a professional athlete, let's say an MMA fighter or a tennis star or a football pro, those individuals have a very, very clear, tangible sense of time. They know that they've got, let's say, 10 years in order to peak their income, to maximize their earnings. Because after 10 years, uh, younger players come in and they're faster and stronger and it's really hard to last more than a decade. Unless you're Roger Federer. Unless you're Roger Federer. Unless you're LeBron James. Unless you are. There are a couple of of outliers here. But in general terms, in general terms, I think your analogy is spot on. In general terms. Yeah. We've got 10 years. We've got 10 years. And what the smart smart athletes do, because they recognize this, and because they have, they surround themselves with company that constantly reminds them of this. They adjust their lifestyles to make sure that all the time they have available in that 10-year cycle is spent on improving their gameplay. So, for example, they would hire, let's say, a nutritionist, they would hire a cook, to maximize their fuel intake and to keep them performing at peak. And if they had not had that nutritionist and cook, I ran a small calculation. For them to understand nutrition, for them to do the shopping, and for them to prepare their meals, over 10 years, Bruce, it will consume between 16,000 to 17,500 hours (laughs) of time that they could have spent improving gameplay and their performance and their earnings. 16,000 to 17,500 hours. When you have 10 years, that could be the difference between an extra million, an extra 5 million, an extra endorsement, an extra goal, an extra win in the fight, an extra rating improvement. It is massive. And I think as business owners, we don't think enough about that because we too have an economic prime. When you are up for the fight and you have the energy to drive a vision and you, you, you have not achieved what you have hoped to have achieved and you're moving towards something on a consistent basis, never ever settling into comfort or complacency. And that period for us is kind of like a 20-year cycle, so double that of the athlete, because in the early stages, you're crazy and wild, and you're still trying to find your direction. In the later stages, you suffer from cognitive cancer, or let's call it comfort or complacency. And a lot of people don't change the way that they spend their time over that 20-year cycle. And there is a very particular thing that you need to do at each stage of that life cycle of your business's growth to invest your time and not just be spending and wasting it.
Let's just do a high-level sort of flyover, if you like. I mean, can we go very quickly and say, okay, in startup mode, I mean, you've got you, you need to be spending four hundred hours a week um, doing everything a lot and often and twice and panicking and occasionally um, having a meal um, that has been bought in a cellophane container uh, from a convenience <laughs> shop. Yeah, and if you're lucky, mom or dad or a yeah. sister or a husband or a wife or whatever it may be. So in startup phase, and that typically is, that's going to be around a three-year cycle in, in South Africa, given, I'm sorry to say this, Bruce, but, but given, given the government we have at this point in time that just refuse to actually pay attention to the economy in a manner that makes it easy for us to understand what we need to do to support the South African economy and invest into its future. So with that aside, it takes about three years. And that three years must be spent chasing cash flow chasing deals, saying yes to everything and no to nothing. Because in that three-year period, you've got to keep the wolves away from the door. And that's just about getting revenue in. And that process in itself is very maturing because you learn about yourself. You learn about where your skills lie, where your strengths lie. You learn about where you have affinity. You learn to reshape the idealism towards some level of pragmatism and it gets you to the other side of worrying about whether you'll be able to feed yourself in the evening or not. The first three years startup must be spent chasing deals and cash flow. Okay, let's assume you survive, and you've already told us that most of us won't survive those three years. But let's assume um, we do survive those three years. You move into what, probably an early stage development then, because you've survived, you've created a base, you can now start actually thinking about growing. Yeah, and that, that area, that period, the next three years should really be spent about, it's about confirming your vision and confirming your identity, your identity, asking yourself, well, what, what do I stand for? What does my business stand for? If I'm involved in an industry, in a business, I probably have between three to 10 to 20,000 competitors. What is going to set me apart? And how am I going to identify the opportunity that would set me apart so that my business can stand out from the crowd. And that is a very, very difficult period to transit because that stage, Bruce, is about learning to say no. It's about learning to say no to anything that will dilute your identity once you've defined it, what you want to stand for, and about doubling down on anything that does support your identity. So it takes a significant shift in your mindset and your behavior to move out of those three years of muscle memory and retrain your body for a completely different battle. And that's around vision and identity. Now that's the, I mean, that's so hard to do. Saying no to business is really difficult. But to your point of uh, over many years of just saying, know who you are, know what you stand for, focus, narrow in, become a specialist, understand your business, understand your market and serve that market. Because until you do that, you can't actually build a business. I mean, you, you then, oh, you know, you've been jack of all trades and master of none. Completely. What are you building? You might be doing and doing is good, but doing will only get you so far. But what are you actually building? And what you build needs to generate your identity. It needs to deliver your identity. So when you start building, that's when you're going to start creating the systems to find new clients, to engage new clients, to 
to build sales capabilities and service capabilities and operational capabilities and all of those aspects, all those functions in the business, like the cogs of a business, to put it differently, all those cogs need to be designed to deliver on your identity. Because if you don't have the identity, well, then what are you doing and what are you building? If you have an identity, you know how to organize all your commercial functions to operate and function to deliver that identity consistently and reliably. At what point does this start becoming fun? Because right now it just feels like hard and thankless work constantly. That's what it feels like. Yeah, You know, Bruce, I had such a fascinating discussion with a 49-year-old business owner in a very different place to ours, out of the UK. And he said to me, you sent me an email, and I'm calling in response to that email. I said, yeah, what, what about the email? He said, you, you, you got me to realize that I had fallen into complacency, that I'd fallen into habits that were governed by a process of working and operating and functioning in my business that's not going to get me to where I want to get to. And actually, my fear and apprehension about changing the way I do things, you said to me, don't look at it as a problem, look at it as a puzzle. And what made me able to do that was by understanding what my end goal is. So if you understand what your end goal is, the 20-year vision that you want to achieve, all of these stages are creative in their own right. All of them take you into areas of discomfort. And Bruce, as South Africans, we don't even realize it because we are so resilient to uncertainty. All of this becomes fun if it falls into a bigger vision and you can see the puzzle pieces emerging. At some point, we need to grow. At some point, we need to get to an asset of value we can sell. You see, I do pay attention. Um, yes. <laughs> how, do we, uh, how do we go from the sort of build stage into these stages where actually it's worthwhile to have slaved and given up and sacrificed? A bit like the athlete does over a short per- shorter period of time. We've compromised. We've focused. We have trained. We have done all of those things. Um, over a 20-year cycle, now we need to get some money out. Yeah, we do. So after the build stage, that's when you get your team on board and your team will operate those systems for you. You empower your business through your team because the moment you've got that in place, you're then in a situation where you've got your good, consistent, reliable, pedestrian, organic growth. You've created time for yourself. And with that time, you focus on your next level opportunity of growth. And that is a further three-year period, which precedes, Bruce, the most important aspect of exit. Three years before you're ready to exit, you move from growth into value. And that's where you've got a nice, big, bustling turnover. And the focus is on managing your costs down because you want to widen the yawn between your revenue and your costs and grow your profit. It's that that sets you up to make a successful exit. It's that that will excite any potential buyer. And that value stage, we never ever do because people suddenly after 10, 20, 30 years of building a business that generates income, spend 30 to 80 hours selling it, realizing only too late that that exit should have been preceded by deepening the value in the business. And that required a completely different attention and focus. 
Pavlo Fertides, Auric Business Accelerator, on a Thursday night. Thank you very much, Pavlo. In a couple of minutes' time, Warren Ingram joins us. He is looking at something called ESG investing. It's this idea of environment, social, and governance. <gasps> oh. But hey, you can make money out of it. It's worth paying attention to, and it's worth making sure that the companies into which you are investing take it more seriously. Imagine if Steinoff had done that. For example... Um, we'd all be a lot better off. We'll pick up on that with Warren Ingram in just a bit.